to Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. I'm Cecily Link, and this week we're doing a kind of out-of-season episode because there's a long-since-unreleased song that finally got released later last year in late November 2018, and that little song is something that was recorded before Kate Bush became famous, and some people thought it was called Maybe, but instead we've confirmed that it's called Humming. I'm going a little bit out of order here. I've just finished talking about Never Forever. I'm about to get into the dreaming. So why am I going back and talking about a song that was really that was recorded before Kate Bush got signed and everything? Because none of Kate Bush's teenage demos were reworked or seem to have even been considered being reworked for the dreaming. Her first three albums contained several songs that were written when she was a teenager. For example, the title track for The Kick Inside. That was written when she was a teenager. Same with Kashka from Baghdad on Lionheart and Violin on Never Forever. But The Dreaming contains no reworkings of older songs. It's like a severing of everything that she had done before and now she's doing something completely new not even looking at the past but i still think that the past is worth talking about especially with this week's song humming and then next week's more general discussion of the kathy slash phoenix demos so that's going to be a discussion of all the different songs that she wrote when she was a teenager and talking about her history of with songwriting and kind of hey this is where it started now, Humming, I was, I know that about a minute of it had been played on a radio show in 1979, and when we get to talk about the history of the song, we'll talk about that, and I was considering whether or not to even do an episode on this song, because only a minute of it had been released. Then the announcement came that Kate Bush was coming out with a box set of all of her music, and extra discs of rarities in B-sides, and one of those songs was Humming. So I went, okay, well, now that a full version is getting released, I'm going to have to do an episode on it. And I thought, well, you know what? This is actually a good time for it to be released because I feel like the month between Never Forever and The Dreaming, that's going to be little episodes about the earlier work of Kate Bush before we get to the dreaming where everything is completely different, not even looking at the past. So the deal with humming, I got to talk with a fan of the show who is going to be on the Sat in Your Lap lap episode. That episode is going to get released in early February 2019. So 
that will have been the first time I got to talk to him. But this is the first time, though, that you guys are actually going to get to hear him. His name is Tomer Feiner, and Tomer has been a fan of the show for a good while now. And he's also good friends with somebody else who's been on the podcast quite a bit, as you'll get to hear. And Tomer told me that he wanted to talk about this song. So without further ado, here is what Tomer and I talked about with the history of this wonderful little song called Humming. And with me to talk about the song this week, we're doing a uh, trans world call here. I'm in Virginia, and our guest is in Israel. Introduce yourself. I'm Tom Afina. Uh, I've been on this uh, podcast um, twice before. Judging by the schedule for that podcast, um, as it's based on the Patreon for it, uh, Mm-hmm. It looks like this will probably be the first uh, episode that will be um, released where you'll hear me. So uh, We started talking about um, Sad in Your Lap, which will be released in uh, early February. I'm still working on that episode because I've actually got another person who wanted to talk yeah. about it. And so I'm going to have, it's going to be you and I've got two other folks and then I've got a fourth person. So it's going to be the most amount of people on any episode. Yeah. It's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> I've been friends with another person who's been um, on this podcast um, uh, several times, like Christopher Kelly. Talk about his interest um, uh, in Kate Bush, uh, Bush and her work uh, plenty of times before, and um, yep. it, it got me curious. And uh, now um, I've listened to a pretty large majority of her uh, music, uh, including this one, this kind of little little obscure song that. Yeah. Just got released a couple months ago. Freaking finally. <laughs> Woman, yeah. you're sitting on it. <laughs> <laughs> so why did you want to uh, especially talk about this song in particular? I know there's, it's going to be a kind of a shorter episode, but still it's worth talking about this song because at least the history of it, I think, is what's most notable really about it. Yeah, mostly the reason is that it kind of sparked my curiosity um, uh, I was kind of interested about it in a sort of a, uh, a historical standpoint, uh, especially because uh, several months back, um, Chris wrote about it in his uh, blog, uh, Dr- uh, Dream of Organon, which is in which he uh, writes about uh, various songs of Kate, of Kate Bush in, a, in as much of a chronological order as he can manage with the info he's gotten into them. One of the first articles uh, on that site uh, went went through like five different uh, songs from uh, a batch of uh, demo recordings. Uh, Kate, uh, now Morris Kathy, um, recorded uh, mm-hmm. and sent over to uh, different uh, and then sent to different uh, labels and, and stuff. So, and but she originally recorded them just as like. Whose only audience is like herself and maybe some of her family. T- two songs from that period ended up on the cake inside. Uh, the saxophone song and the man with the child in his eye, which were recorded uh, professionally, uh, and the recordings were produced by An- Andrew Powell and stuff in something in the summer of 1975. So uh, yep, uh, a lot long before a lot of the others. So she sounds different. I, d- I don't know if the recording of if this recording of humming that was just re- released uh, was recorded 
in those sessions, like the ones with Andrew Fowler, or, or, the, or the ones earlier, which uh, were with David Gilmore and um, mm-hmm. Unicorn, I think it was called, where, where Passing Fight was recorded. So I don't can't really tell. Yeah, there, I was kind of trying to figure this out because, like, honestly, kind of digging into the history of the song is it seems a little convoluted because. Yeah, I mean, there was their David Gilmore. He he came around her house and listened to her play. And went, oh my goodness, hey, this girl needs some good, has some great talent. I'll put up the money for her. And it's it's my understanding that um, in uh, 1973s, the Unicorn band members, uh, the drummer Peter Perry, looks at Peter Perrier, uh, the bassist Pat Martin, and David Gilmore on electric guitar, that they recorded "Passing Through Air," which I talked about for the um, apparently apparently um, and a second uh, apparently Kate yeah, in, yeah. in the in the radio show where Kate was interviewed and they they played a bit of that uh, a bit of that song uh, in 1979 she she cla- mm-hmm. she claimed this was recorded when she was 15 so 1973 probably the same session or another session around the same time uh, as passing through well actually uh, Kate has very kindly brought us in a tape of uh, a piece of music you recorded. How old were you with this one, Kate? Oh, I was about 15. Do you mind if we play it to everybody? <laughs> I'll shut my ears, OK? Will you? OK. <laughs> Would you like to introduce it? Yeah, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the flat note in the middle. Oh, you mean we played it just in time? <laughs> no, you caught it, actually. I'm sure that <laughs> I never noticed it. Yeah, and then there's... And I'm actually looking at... Um, this is gaffa.org slash phoenix slash index.html, which great, great resource for trying to figure out, like, her early years. It's mentioned that they... That in 1975, so two years later, they brought in, like you were saying, Andrew Powell... And they recorded The Man with the Child in His Eyes, the saxophone song, and Maybe. So I'm wondering if perhaps, or maybe, ha 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 ha, a little pun there. <laughs> if, <laughs> I'm wondering if maybe, aka Humming, was re-recorded for that session. And maybe the version that got released is the one from that 1975 session. Either way, it was recorded when she was a teenager. And... Yeah, it's kind of convoluted. This history of this song. Everything uh, Kate uh, Kate recorded until like the start of the Lionheart sessions was recorded when she was a teen. Most of it when she was in her late te- teens, at least mid to if we're talking like saxophone song and then Charlie's Eye. I would be inclined to think that the version that was released on the the Kate Bush remaster box set and the the other sides CD, I think that this was probably was. The version recorded with the man with the child in his eyes and the saxophone song because her voice is still in that I'm 
I still I sound like Kate. It definitely I can tell that it's her, but her her higher vocal style isn't quite there yet. And the style yeah, yeah. of the song itself, like, oh my god, I heard the opening notes. I'm thinking, is she doing country? Oh my goodness. <laughs> it sounds like a country song in a good way. I mean, I I will say I, I generally don't listen to country music, but I I do like like sometimes the, the storytelling aspect of country music and I like the slide guitar in it. It's the slide guitar in it that makes me totally think like country in a good way. So what do you think of the song overall? Because I mean, for me, for me, when I first heard it, I actually listened to it a couple times in a row because like, oh, wow, this thing has finally been released, like this mythical song that's never been heard in full. And my first impression, like, I thought it was it had a cool sort of country sound to it. But then I, I liked how I liked hearing her still really young and still really pure and pretty and it's it sounds very much of the time too like i i read on a fan forum somebody said it sounded like a cover of an elton john song in a way and it it does have that kind of late 70s sort of feel to it in a good way and i grew up on a lot of that from my that music from my parents so i think it's a lovely little song and i'm glad that she released it and i was waiting for the flat note in the middle and i didn't hear anything flat i don't know what you were talking about Plus, um, uh, all right, that made quite a, a far cry from some other songs of hers from that time. Uh, the, the lyrics actually, um, they are actually kind of reminiscent of the kick inside of Iron House and Forever. Uh, there's just there's a lot of metaphors and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, lots of uh, lots of different imagery. It's not it's not direct by stuff, but doesn't really tell much of a story or anything. Sounds uh, normal compared to, to a lot of the. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of that's come down to uh, coming down to uh, her the vocal style she'll be known for not yet having been she hasn't really developed her vocal style yet. Uh, but uh, in, gen- in general, it's a very uh, it's a very typical sound for all the time. Mm-hmm. And even the so. lyrics, like I had kind of trouble finding the lyrics, and then I found this recent article. I'll actually I'll put in the. The, uh, the description for the episode, it's uh, stevepafford.com slash Bush Bowie. And it's this journalist who has a really cool article about just the song. And he not only includes what he thinks are the lyrics, and frankly, I think they are, because uh, there are no like official lyrics for the song. I, I, he offers... I, I th- Have you seen I, it before? Sorry, I'm interrupting. Uh, no, okay. no, but... During during the last weekend or so, maybe a bit before that, I actually checked the the paid for the lyrics for this song on uh, Genius.com. You know the, the, the site, the, oh, mm-hmm. the site, and yeah. I actually sort of witnessed the lyrics for that song being found. But there were, were several words instead of several several the words were like question, plenty of question marks, chunks of like question marks and stuff, and I saw them like being sort of replaced by actual uh, words. <laughs> That's so cool. Someone was, actually, someone was actually going through through the song and listening and, and they didn't really, they were still trying to get the, the, the proper lyrics. Because mm-hmm. I got some lyrics, like I got most of the chorus, but then other parts I'm just like, I don't know, she's saying noises and they sound really pretty. So I can just go with it. 
Well, well that, that applies to a, a lot of... Um, a lot of hers. A, a, a lot of other stuff, too. Yeah, I know. But in in this article, um, and I, I, I'm inclined to think this is true, then again, Kate hasn't really, hasn't spoken about this song other than, oh, I was waiting for the plat note, and oh, I'm going to cover my ears. Yeah. That uh, it's suspected that this is about David Bowie. Hmm? And I'll, yeah. Um, in this this article here, it's stevepafford.com slash Bush Bowie. Um, he's, he talks about the remastered box set that this was eventually released on, but then says, so there aren't any completely unreleased songs then? Actually, for The Faithful, there is a, a solitary carrot, but it's a good one. An almost legendary early recording that's a much talked about part of Bush's recording history, in fact. It's called Humming, and it happens to be one of Kate Bush's earliest compositions, first demoed in 1973. Also known back in the day as Maybe and or Davy, Bush completed the master with producer Andrew Powell in the same 1975 session that produced The Man with the Child in His Eyes and the saxophone song at George Martin's Air Studios on London's Oxford Street. Musically, Humming's country-tinged melody owes more than a small debt to Tiny Dancer by her hero Elton John, as well as another song from 71 I'll come to in a minute. But it's really the songbird's words that are more than a little intriguing. They're not included in How to Be Invisible, Bush's new book of collected lyrics, but Received Wisdom suggests they are as follows. You set the scene for any revolutionary who will ferry me, a crossing to enlivenment, well, not a cloud in his eye, not a blue in the sky, and they were rocking because he's a rock singer too. You set the scene for any revolutionary Ooh, ferry me across into a live event Well, not a cloud in his eye, not a blue in the sky And never rocking because he's a rock singer too So maybe you have many birds and many songs for your morning. You're so like a star upon me. You're so like a star upon me to be one in your garden humming. strike a light in my head watch me buzz around the floor but it's no good because you give your own buzz and more everything is a stride it's all right while you're playing boy but when you go there's nothing there's nothing left strike a light in my head watch me buzz around the floor but it's no good because you Not a cloud in his eye. Hmm, which one, the blue or the brown one? 
Studying these lyrics and remembering that in Kate's much bootlegged original piano demo, the chorus lyric was, Oh, Davy, not maybe, it's pretty obvious the song is about her other musical hero, David Bowie. Um, okay. I don't know if it, I'm inclined to think this is just her enjoying a rock singer of the time going to a concert. Hey, first concert yeah. experience. Hey. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's uh, trying to read some too much where there's pretty much none. It, like I said, the history of this song, I think, is the most fascinating thing. I mean, itself, by itself... It's a pretty song, and I'm glad that Kate finally released it. I think that it's a part of her history. It's it's a part of her her early work, and I know she doesn't like to talk about her early work or really acknowledge it. But this is these are this is one of the songs. This is one of the three songs that made EMI go, "Hey, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna take a chance on this girl and sign her." And it's a part of her history and. It's a sweet little song. I, I'm like, very. it's mature lyrics for, for a 13, 14-year-old. And I think that I'm glad she finally released it. Like, finally. Yeah. Yeah, I, kn- knowing what what she, what she thinks of this sort of stuff usually, um, I'm re- really surprised she released it. But, yeah, it's, it's a nice it's a nice little song. Uh, I don't... Um, uh, absolutely... Uh, Oh, all right with it um mm-hmm. and uh I, I like the fact that she released it and um so it's a nice listen and stuff yeah yeah it's a it's a pretty little song and i think it's got some uh some really cool imagery in it i like i like see maybe you have many birds and many songs for your morning i mean she's talking a lot about like being in a garden and humming in the chorus, but I also think of bird in the British sense, like, oh, you've got many girls, you got a lot of girls hanging around, you got a lot of groupies. Mm, yeah. And she just, it's that nice little play on words that birds, oh, like hum, singing and being like a songbird, or birds as in groupies, you got a lot of groupies hanging around you. And I, I love the lines like, strike a light in my hair, watch me buzz around the floor. But it's no good because you give your own buzz and more. It makes me think of somebody with a lot of charisma. And, like, you're just, like, s- kind of sucked into their world. And you're just like, whoa, this is awesome. I wonder if at this point it already kind of occurred that maybe in several... Maybe, again. Uh, maybe it's in several years at least. But, like, Kate will already be a famous, like, uh, um, uh, musician. It'll be, like, on, on the... And have singles that chart pretty high and stuff. And I, I wonder if it'll occur to that. wanted to mention before the end of the episode here is that in addition to the released version of Humming that we've been talking about, there's also a far more raw demo version that is not so released, although it's been bootlegged also. 
I'm actually going to get into this quite a bit next week when I talk about the Kathy demos and the Phoenix demos and, okay, what's the difference between the two, blah, 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 blah. Um, There's actually a more raw version of Humming that is different from the one that was played on Personal Call. This one, it's not really clear as to what session it was recorded but there is a song that was that's been alternately known as Davy or Maybe or Humming, not the same thing as another a Phoenix demo that was called Wild Davy Dozed, that is uh, thought to be an earlier version of this song. And the deal with this earlier version of Humming is that it was supposed to be quote unquote released in 1986 on a with a West German company. Um, this is actually from gaffa.org. Quote, someone somehow has got hold of one of Kate's early circa 1973 demo tapes, which appears to have contained not only a number of Kate's early songs, but embryonic versions of more well-known tracks. A West German company appeared to believe that it had bought the rights to this tape and was set to issue an album entitled Kate Bush, The Early Years. EMI Electrola in Germany were aware of this, but some reason took no action to prevent the release. The album was in fact pressed and white labels sent out in an attempt to secure overseas distribution deals. At this point, Kate became aware of the proposed release and feeling that her early mistakes were not fit for public consumption, took the appropriate legal action. The stockpiled albums will now be destroyed. Sorry, we don't know how to get hold of one. So this little album was supposed to be released in 1986, and also here, this is from Gaffa.org. Ah, yes, the almost semi-mythical disc. HG can assure you, Homeground, can assure you that this is, was quite real. It was a single album containing 10 songs recorded by Kate in her early Gilmore days in 1973. We have a track listing for 8, 10 of the songs as follows. Something like a song, Need Your Loving equals Passing Through Air, Davey. Maybe humming, not while Davy dozed. You were the star, gay farewell, Queen Eddie, Coosey Coosey, Atlantis, Soonsee, Disbelieving Angel, and Go Now While You Can. What's interesting about this track listing is that all but Go Now While You Can have actually leaked. So who knows exactly where these things came from, but what's most important and what's relevant to humming is that a very raw version of humming was supposed to be on this album and has leaked and been shared around and do 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 and has made its way to the internet like most things do 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 do. So speaking of that early version, here is a very early version of Humming that was supposed to be on that early years and which is still out there floating around. Here we go.
No, I, th- I think it, no, it's pretty much said it all. It's, uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a nice little song. It, it's quite different from uh, like what you usually ex- expect uh, from Kate Bush, even like mm-hmm. uh, uh, five or, or, or let's, uh, four, four, five years after that. But uh, it's, it's, a ni- it's a nice song. Uh, as usual with, with uh, Kate Bush's Juvenilia, it's, it's, it's remarkable that, that she could write this sort of stuff when she was in her mid-teens. Well, I think for me with this song, it's two things. Um, One, I like hearing another part of her history that she kept hidden until just last year. Um, As in, oh, this this mythical song that was only ever played one minute of and we don't even know what the rest of the song sounds like and she cut it off. And Mm. two, I like hearing something new from her and I know this isn't new new but it's new to us because we haven't heard the whole song so i i like hearing what what other little unreleased nuggets she has and she goes okay guys i'm ready to release this thing here we go that that's part is the most intriguing part of this song and i mean on its own it's a cute it's a sweet song but the history i think is the most important thing about yeah this yeah well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. It was great to talk to you. Yay! You're welcome. I know you and I usually end up talking on Twitter and sometimes Facebook, mostly Twitter. Where can people find you on Twitter if they agree with you about humming? My hand- handle on Twitter is uh, 0xdef9ec, um, no, e0cd. Uh, D-E-F-9-E-0-C-D. It's, if, if you get what, what it means, you, you might find it entertaining or you might <laughs> just cringe from it. Uh, the the section for people who probably get it is not, not it's anything profound at all. It's pretty stupid. It's pretty silly. The, the intersection for people who might get it is not that big. It's specifically people who uh, work in programming or not know um, or who either programmers or knows or know maths to a certain degree a specific type of uh, musician that's uh, uh, pretty like, it's 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 uh, referring to uh, uh, if, I, if I might spo- maybe spoil, spoil the joke a bit and if I'm worried about spoiling it's, it's, it's uh, spelling out the Nurse, uh, 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 short musical phrases because that has been intentionally or unintentionally uh, been quoted in plenty of works throughout the years, and uh, plenty of people and some people on the internet found that, uh, um, uh, just noticed that I went, 
hey, hey, that's uh, funny, and, and just started qu- qu- quoting it all over, like sort of the music equivalent of the Wilhelm scream. Cool. Uh, I'm not saying his his name his name because uh, I don't, don't really want to give give away the joke. Uh, how uh, no? Because I think no no, you know, uh, no matter how good or bad, bad jokes I, I don't like to um uh, spoil them. sounds good either way it's a cool looking name yeah. i don't know the reference but i think it looks cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> well thank you so much for, for again for being on the show and we'll get to hear from you for sat in your lap which will come out next month yay If you have a favorite Kate Bush song or several songs that you would love to talk about for a future episode, or if you know something about this week's song that we didn't get to, you can contact me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Kate Bush podcast. You can find me on Twitter at StrangeKateCast. You can email me, kbcast at linkmedia.com. That's link with an E. Or you can go through my website, kbcast.linkmedia.com. Again, that's link with an E. Also, we have a Patreon. So if you would like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash katebushpodcast. And there you'll find all sorts of wonderful rewards for your support, including a special Patreon-only show called Deeper Understanding. We'll see everybody next week for another Kate Bush early years sort of episode all about the Kathy slash Phoenix demos. We'll see everybody then. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.